We're back here on Tailgate Season, presented by the Cold Cans Network. I'm Logan, sitting here with my co-host Jordan and Kenny Stats. Be sure to give us five stars and a great review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and, and smash the subscribe button while you're at it. There's a uh, link in the description of this podcast that says click here to leave us a voicemail. Any questions, any comments, anything you want to say, hit us up there. We'll respond to you next week. And check out the website, coldcansnetwork.com, for blog content merch. All right, fellas, week one is in the books, the official uh, start to college football, not that week zero stuff that we've been having to hear about in the in the lead up. But week one is in the books. We had some surprises. We had some <laughs> some teams that um, probably did. They are who we thought they were. Uh, so let's jump right into uh, a new segment this year where we're uh, talking about after week one, three teams whose stock went up, three teams whose stock went down. Let's talk about the teams that went up first. Uh, Jordan, give us your first one. Yeah. Um, we're going to go through these one through three. Um, not, you know, uh, you, we, we can have them either way going up the first, but I think the best thing, don't you guys think, it's just kind of three teams in general. We don't have to rank them who went up the most anyway. Um, but anyway, for my stock rising, um, definitely got to mention last night with the Duke Blue Devils. Um, I don't think that's going to be a problem with us three. We'll probably all have that one. Um, I was impressed, man. Not only at the fact, you know, Riley Leonard and that offense did what I expected. It was against a better defense, maybe not as much. I didn't expect that against a Clemson defense, but they did what I thought they would do minus the turnovers they had a little bit there. Um, but I also had, um, I was very impressed by the Duke uh, defense that basically held Clemson to a shutout. I mean, other than that buff punt and they get the ball at the 20, they, I, I don't see Clemson going the length of the field and scoring because they go the length of the field and they fumble twice. When have you seen a Clemson team do that in the red zone? Um, the, the receivers for Clemson didn't look good. So I'm kind of foreshadowing what I'm going to say with the who stocks going down, but um Clemson's receivers didn't look good. Clay, Cade Klubnick looked absolutely shell-shocked. And I wasn't even impressed with the offensive line of Clemson. So I think it's – I know it's week one. It's very tough to make this. Uh, but I think overall it's getting close to panic time already because um, – and I know you guys uh, know how Clemson is, but that, that kind of bothered me. So that's one of them. Um, yeah, so I my second one up is actually maybe this one's not as you know obvious, but Georgia Tech. I, I'm going to give them a little bit on this. Um, I did not did <laughs> expect them to hang around with Louisville and basically be up on Louisville by 14 to 15 points at one point during the game. They collapsed and lost. However, um, we've talked about Louisville till <laughs> we're blue in the face here and. You got to give your hats off to Georgia Tech for what they did. I thought they played very well. Um, I didn't get to watch it. I saw the highlights and stuff like that. But I, I was thoroughly impressed with Georgia Tech, just the way they handled Louisville in all aspects of the game. Uh, my third kind of 3A, 3B, I don't know if Florida State can go up more, <laughs> but I, I would argue they 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 impressed more and kind of legitimized their you know, top of the ACC here. Uh, they they pretty much dominated the entire second half. At one point, they outscored uh, LSU 31 to nothing. 
and then uh, in the second half. I mean, that that's crazy for an SEC team. Maybe the SEC is is falling off. I don't know. We'll talk about that another time. But I was very impressed with Florida State's defense, with Florida State's athletes, with the way um, Jordan Travis and the running game looked. I was just overall impressed with Florida State. And I'm going to fill in my boys. I was impressed with nine sacks for Carolina, so I got their stock going up too. I'm sorry. And I know that's a little biased, but they they look good. Drake may look composed. Defense played a lot better. I've never been excited for a defense. I was excited that night watching defense show up. It only took to the senior year for our five-star recruits to show up and do something. Only took four years, five years. But, you know, hey, better late than never. I'll give uh, you a pass on that this week, but saying their stock went up after you picked them to go 11-1 and one is a bit ridiculous. But anyways, carry on. Hey, man, I was excited. Come on, just let me enjoy it. Jesus Christ, I've never had a defense before since Lawrence Taylor that I remember. I'm just, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Obviously, don't remember Lawrence Taylor. Um, so that's it for my stock rise. Do you want me to go ahead and go with the down, uh, dropping, or do you want me to wait? Throw it over to Kenny Stats, whose who stock went up in the Kenny Stats book this week. So you kind of touched on a lot of the teams that I had on stock rising too. I figured um, I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Duke's definitely the top of, I mean, by the stock now. I mean, they, they, it's going to go only go up from here. Uh, I, I was really impressed with how the defense looked uh, last night um, against Clemson because every time Clemson got the ball off to a receiver, if there wasn't a Duke defender on him, there was the safety coming across and tagging him up too. I mean, they just flat out played a great game uh, Monday night against Clemson. I mean, it just was phenomenal to see a defense just demolish Clemson like that. Um, Riley Leonard, I, I, I still think he's going to be number three, uh, the third best quarterback in the ACC this year. Um, it, it, you know, could they have improved a little bit? That was a, you know, at the beginning of the game, you know, they settled for field goals when they could have, you know, you know, scored touchdowns and, got, you know, maybe blown out this game a little bit more than it did. But, you know, I, I still think Duke is, is definitely a lot of people. It, it wouldn't be surprising if they go about eight and four and nine and three now, especially after beating Clemson, which by the way, guess who had uh, Duke, in this uh, pick'em from last week, who was it? Just, Me and Jordan. Want to hear? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You were screaming. There's only one person. And Dabo and me and Jordan were like, "Oh, I don't want to sn- uh, sleep on the Blue Devils." I think. <laughs> I know, think you were. Now we know you're lying with me talking about Duke winning. <laughs> <laughs> so I just just wanted to point that out before uh, we got too deep into it. But we'll discuss that when we get to the pickums. Uh, the second team, I, I think, I think UNC stock is rising. Um, their defense is definitely stepped up. Um, if you told me last year, or if, if you said that South Carolina's defense or South Carolina's offense was only going to score seventeen points against UNC's defense, I would have told you you're crazy. I would have said they they stepped up a little bit. They stepped up a lot more, in my opinion. Um, that. I think Drake May is still going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, so they're still going to be good. Um, the stock is going to rise on that one. Probably not as much as a Duke stock, but you know, throw throw a couple shares on there, if you will. And then I got the Wolfpack as my third stock rising. 
Um, they didn't really show a whole lot against UConn. They didn't cover the 14 and a half like they should have. Um, one of my few losses this past weekend. Um, but Brendan Armstrong showed that uh, he can be a mobile quarterback and he can have a lot of fun uh, when he gets out. I mean, when the first drive or first play on the first drive of the game, he hands the ball off to Jordan Houston and he's the lead blocker out there. I wanted to jump out of my chair and be like, I want to play with this guy. Because I mean, he's he's out there just putting his nose into the into the tackler's face, basically, and just going out there and having a good time. And uh, I, I I think they can only go up from there. Um, there's a few you know wide receivers need to step up and catch balls, but uh, it, it's going to go better. So I would I would put a little bit of sock in in the state rising, just you know a couple shares maybe, if you will. Yeah, I uh, so. First of all, I did not have Carolina as my stock rising because I picked them to go and play in the ACC championship game and go 11-1 this year, uh, beating a South Carolina team that, if we're all being honest with ourselves, was not very good to begin with. Um, doesn't really impress me. I'm sorry. The offensive line was trash last year. It's worse this year. They had a couple people out. Carolina's defense played well, and their offense is what we thought they were going to be. So Carolina is right about where I said they were going to be preseason. Uh, the South Carolina win doesn't really impress me. Um, but Florida State is my number one stock rising. Um, the question was, you know, they, they had a sneaky good year last year, you know, winning 10 games very quietly. Had a lot of hype coming in, but the hype doesn't mean anything until you actually get on the field. And then they go against, at the time, probably overranked, but fifth-ranked LSU, you know, against an SEC team. And Florida State just demolished them. Uh, Florida State looked faster and more athletic than an SEC squad. I think Florida State is back, and I think that they're going to be the the top dog in the ACC this year, hands down. Uh, so the Seminoles definitely was my number one. Number two, obviously, is Duke. Uh, Duke is a team that, you know, they won nine games last year. They returned 18 starters. Riley Leonard, we've known for last year, was legit. I said on Miserable and Reckless last week that when one of the guys, uh, the Carolina fan on the show, said that you better watch out for Kay Klubnick. I was like, Kay Klubnick isn't even going to be the best quarterback in this matchup. I was like, Riley Leonard is a, is a legit, like really good athlete. Um, he, he's got some wheels as we saw. And so like, he didn't even really have to throw the ball that well. Cause he, if we're actually being honest, what well, makes his Duke win impressive. Duke didn't really, if you really look at it, didn't really play that well. They, no, they had in the first half. No, in the first play. half, they didn't play they, that well. They, they, well, no, even in the second half, they didn't play that well. They did late. Clemson marched the ball downfield at will in the third quarter against the Blue Devils, and the numbers bear that out on the, uh, on the offensive gains. Clemson shot themselves in the foot by uh, turning the ball over on the goal line twice. Now, what Duke does well under Mike Elko, recover fumbles. They led the nation in, recover, in fumble recoveries last year. You see, they did it again this year. Duke took advantage of Clemson's mistakes. Clemson, you know, we'll get to them in a minute, I'm sure. They, this isn't the Clemson of old by any means. Duke played well down the, uh, in the fourth quarter when they needed to toughen up and, and stop the uh, Clemson from getting into the end zone. They did that, but Duke capitalized. You got to throw hats off for that. But Riley Leonard in particular, his running ability is what won that game because um, he only threw for like 176 yards, and I, don't, I think he only completed about half his passes. If you had told me that coming in, that that was going to be the case, I wouldn't have had them winning that game. 
Uh, but hats off to the Blue Devils. Like the, the defense looks good. The offense looks solid. The running game. Certain running back was out. I don't think a lot of people know that. Certain running back did not play for the Duke Blue Devils. Um, number nine is, is their backup. So they played well. Uh, Duke's, Duke's ranked this week in the AP. So their stock definitely is up. And then Jordan, I actually have to go with you on, on number three is Georgia Tech. Um, I know it's probably weird for people to be like, stop going up in a loss, but you know, <laughs> we had Georgia Tech basically good as dead. And I did watch the game um, Friday night against Louisville. And did they piss it away late? Yes, but I think that's just because Louisville's more talented. But they, they had a very realistic chance to win that game, and they, they played well, and they put a scare into the Cardinals. So hats off to, you know, uh, what's his name, Brent Key and Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets for their performance in week one, even in a losing effort. Uh, so, yeah, Florida State, Duke, and Georgia Tech, I'm with you on that one, Jordan. Yeah. All right. Um, Go ahead. So we're going into the going into the Let's go into the tank. Yeah. Everybody loves to talk shit about somebody here. Uh, (laughs) Number one going down for me, Clemson. Um, I I mentioned it earlier that they just look lost. Um, Cade Klubnik (laughs) is, you know, it goes back to that saying, the devil we know is better than the devil we don't know. DJU. I, granted, I understand it was San Jose State. Different team, different everything. But damn if he didn't look a hell of a lot better versus a a, a uh, San Jose State than Club. 238 yards passing, three touchdowns, and completed 80% of his passes. Yep. I don't think he did that at Clemson a single time in his career, except for maybe his, uh, the year he was backing up Trevor Lawrence against Notre Dame, and Lawrence couldn't play. So... At, at, at this point, you know, and even you could go in every aspect of that game, Duke beat Clemson. Every aspect on offense, they beat Clemson. Just because, like you said, they didn't do anything spectacular, but they they took away their um, – when they had the chance, they went and finished it. They did what they needed to do. They left some points on the board by field goals and not scoring close. But for the most part, Duke did what they needed to do. Duke beat them on offense. Duke destroyed them defensively. Um, I, I now I don't buy that, but I, I get your point. I, I, I get. I, I don't know how to explain. I don't know if I didn't realize what Duke was returning with eighteen starters. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, but when you have a team that is, you know, playing under Riley Leonard, and this might be a comparison, and I'm not saying he's great in the NFL. But he's a pro quarterback and starts. He reminded me of Daniel Jones a little bit with that. I think that's a fair comparison, just for the fact of he, he likes to run a little bit. He can run and hurt you there. But he also, Daniel Jones makes a lot more mistakes. I've seen like Riley Leonard didn't make a ton of those. Um, but somebody asked me, who's the top three quarterbacks in the in the ACC? And I was like, Jordan Travis, Drake May. And I was I was trying to find another one. I was like, I guess I, I guess you're right. Got to be Riley Leonard. Um, I was very impressed with them on that um, and how they held Clemson too. I, I'm still going to say it's a shutout. Guy shouldn't have touched that fumble, and maybe Clemson should have scored there without fumbling. But nonetheless, and the special teams for Clemson, horrendous, horrendous. I mean, you can say Duke blocked one. Duke probably affected, if not touched, that second one that went left. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you you played Beamer ball Monday night, very much so, very much so. And those 
you let Clemson go down there and score those points with that, get up to a seven, 10 point lead. Maybe it's a little different ball game, but they didn't because of the way Duke's special team showed out with that. They had a miscue with the fumble, but I was very impressed with Duke in all aspects of that. So that's why my stock rise in Clemson, because I think they just got absolutely outplayed um, or it stopped dropping. Um, yeah. So then I have Louisville dropping because we talked them up so much that they played a Georgia Tech team that I thought they would cover easily. Um, they had a backdoor that they didn't, but, um, I was, from what I saw, I expected a little more out of Louisville and I didn't get it. Um, now that's, that's why they're up there like the third for me. So this middle one I actually had, and, you know, Kenshin had stock rising on this and I, I have them losing it. I had state dropping just a touch, just a touch. And the only reason, and it might be a reach. I also had BC as an honorable mention there uh, because they lost to Northern Illinois. But um, State, so I felt like State was the running game. I I was telling uh, one of our listeners, Taylor, I said I was impressed with the uh, running game of State. I really was. Um, And, you know, what they put up, the leading rusher was the quarterback. I wanted to see a little bit more of him throwing the football. I felt like he had a little more time there. Um, but the state defense, I think, was fine. They allowed some big plays. But I, I just – Okay. Let, let's get into facts here, not just perception. Just, they allowed two saying. big plays and really only allowed one. But they had the scripted drive to open the game, and they allowed one yard run. Other than that, they allowed 14 points to a team I that knew was I was going to get some backlash on this. That's just, I knew I was going to like, get it. it it's like I, I don't have a problem with you saying stock going down. I have a problem with the 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 narrative being uh, retroactively fitted to to this to your reason for their stock going down. The defense was not the problem in that game by any means. I, defense I just, had one bad play. My the 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 main reason, and it wasn't the defense at all. The main reason I, the stock went down is I wanted to see more from quarterback play and Brendan Armstrong, and I didn't get it, and that's why. I feel like maybe that's why the stock went down, in my opinion. And BC that's went fair. down that's because fair. because of, my God, how do you lose to Northern yeah. Illinois at home? I mean, that, that, that's just atrocious. I don't know how much lower their stock could go, but they're, they're pretty much down there. I was even, <laughs> to, to talk a little bit more on the ACC, I felt like Virginia did a little better on defense against Tennessee than what I saw with the BC Eagles. I mean, so that's why they're an honorable mention, in my opinion. So that's my stock dropping. Yeah, I, I will say, and Jordan, this isn't directed at you by any means because you haven't been this way, but just the narr- media narrative and the um, and Twitter. And I say I've been saving this one for the podcast just for Taylor to wake up to when he's about to fall asleep. The fact that everybody's like Carolina crushed South Carolina, they won by fourteen. Oh, State barely escapes UConn, they won by ten. <laughs> it really was not that big of a difference in how both games went. Yeah, one was just a little lower uh, scoring affair than the other. Uh, but if uh, it's just wild to me that 14 is crushing somebody, 10 is barely escaping. Anybody that actually watched the state game knows that game was never in doubt. <laughs> it, hey, I wasn't, nobody was even breaking a sweat during that. Dude, but, great, uh, good teams win, great teams cover. That's why I look like that. <laughs> now, I'm, go ahead, Chris. I, I, 
I'm not going to bring up that Jordan absolutely must NC State minus 14 and a half <laughs> uh, midway through that game. I don't even know what this means. I don't either. I've been seeing it on Twitter. I don't either. I don't know what this means. What does this mean? Tension's been saying it this whole time. You don't know what this means. I have no idea what this means. I have no idea either. Okay. All right. I'm glad you said that because I have no idea. Here's a gambling one-on-one for you boys. When you mush something, it is, for example, when we're watching the game Thursday night and Jordan texts us in the group chat and says, oh, 14 and a half, you got this. Or uh, that bet's going to cash before the game even gets close to the end. And then it does the opposite. So you mushed it. It's, it's just a it's just a term. It's a gambling term. Jordan, I, I mean, I understand Logan. Logan's I, I not no the biggest gambler, so I understand that one. But you not knowing what the term mush means, uh, that, it, it hurts me a little bit. I thought we were gambling kin over here. You you would know the lingo or something. I, like, I had no idea on, at all. Well, in that case, you mushed the but, Georgia Tech, but it happened. Because of the back door, uh, you pushed that the night we were talking about. Well, that. I, I, okay. Well, I pushed it because I had Georgia Tech plus seven and a half. So I was trying to, uh, uh, you know, spin it back push. in my favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's why I was talking shit. But uh, yeah, no, I can't believe you didn't. I figured. I mean, like I said, Logan, Logan's not as in depth with gambling, but you not knowing what mush means. That, Blows my mind a little bit, Jordan. I use it as a jinx. If I was going to say jinx, I mean, if you'd have said that, I get okay, that. Okay, I, I, I didn't feel know like that it's was almost like a new term because I've never seen it on social media until recently. I, I I didn't know that. I really had no idea. And yeah. Taylor did. He was like, "You don't know what that means," and I was like, "No, absolutely not." And then he explained it like you did, and I was like, "So jinx it?" I was just thinking. I was like, "Let's yeah. just let's this just is another that. term for it." <laughs> <laughs> I like mush better. It's a it's a funnier word. Mush. You mushed it. Because that's what you did. You and multiple other people. It was like a span. I got or three different group messages where it was people saying, oh, yeah, state's going to cash. State's going to cash. And I'm like, this is not going to happen. This is not happening right now. And then they came up the 72 yard touchdown. And and that, you know what, it, it, Logan? I think I think that game got really close when that happened. I, I really do think I, it was close I, for I was one worried. series. Uh, I got worried. We scored almost immediately after. So I guess if you if you want to sweat out one series, that's fair. But like, it don't take I was much for me to sweat watching a state game to start with. No, because when they I don't do know that, the, I don't know the who's game. the most like skies falling NC State fan. I know you or Tyler Wilson. But I was watching it with Tyler in a group chat with you, and God knows when we scored a touchdown, Tyler f- found a way to complain about the, uh, the 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 running route that the running back like the running back took and and the blocking pattern went on a play that we scored on, and I was just like, I said, no, you ain't ever gonna be happy with anything NC State does. And he goes, no, and then he goes, fire Keats. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to go that far to, uh, I mean, if we score, we score. I don't care how you right. do it. Just score the damn ball. But when you give up a 72-yard touchdown and now make it a one-score game on the road, it makes me nervous. I started having PTSD flashbacks to uh ECU game last year, and uh, it just made me nervous. But like you said, we end up scoring the next drive, so it ended up not mattering. So, I mean, State still won, but... I, you, want, I, you know, agree to disagree that our stock was falling is, you want to know is, what, is what I say. 
Well, you had our stock going up, so pick a pick. Yeah, a well, well, Jordan had Jordan had <laughs> stock falling. That's yeah. why I said I had our stock but rising. He hasn't. Stock I don't falling, have our stock so. rising either. I have it. Basically, what happened is, is exactly what I said was going to happen for the last two, two weeks before. Like it, well, it's think- just the the thing that I've had a. It's been driving me up the wall. And Kyle, uh, my co-host on Country and Cold Cans, has been a big person who has done this some other people have done this too that i've talked to they talked to me and they asked me what's going to happen i was very clear state's going to win they won't cover the 14 and a half tell them that a million times they're like yeah that makes sense the moment state doesn't actually cover the 14 and a half but they still win by double digits oh gosh nc state sucks oh nc state sucks oh yeah look at that can't even cover can't even cover and i'm like motherfucker I was like, in the lead up to the game, I told you what was going to happen. You agreed that probably will happen. Then when it fucking happens, he was the one to start raising hell about it. I was like, don't even fucking talk to me if you're going to do that. I, I was like, I was like, no, I was like, we're not doing this. <laughs> I've had this conversation too many times with people. I was like, if I tell you something's <laughs> going to happen and it fucking happens, then deal with it. I'm not going to listen to it anymore. <laughs> I love the fiery passion there. <laughs> love it. But I think I think in re, in reality, State gave Notre Dame enough tape to maybe give them a game plan for this upcoming Saturday. I don't think they gave him everything in the yeah. in the book, and it, it kind of showed. So, I mean, we at the end of the day, they still won. It's a win. It's it didn't win. matter. Yeah. It, it's a a win is a win, as uh, as the young kids would say. So. So take it. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll jump into my stock is falling. Uh, but me and Jordan are pretty much uh, are. It, it's like we we it's like we discussed this beforehand, but we promised we didn't. I had Clemson as my biggest stock falling. Um, looking at their stats, I mean, I agree with you that you know the third quarter, a lot of things could have happened. Um, but yeah, definitely the the muff punt by Duke to get them the that seven that twenty yard drive easy touchdown that could have easily changed the game, but it didn't. Um, dropping the ball on the goal line the first time, you know, they got the ball back. They did the same thing again, and you know, nothing changed. So I think Clemson's just Dabo's just too stubborn. And I can't remember what podcast I was listening to last week. They said that ACC coaches know how to beat Dabo. I mean, he's pretty predictable in his in his schemes, in his play calling. Everybody knows where the ball is going to go, and it's pretty obvious that Will Shipley is going to be the the Christian McCaffrey Carolina Panthers. Let's just give him the ball until yeah. his body just breaks in half because nobody's stopping him. Uh. So that's the game plan on offense. And then, you know, the occasional lob it up on third down to whatever receiver is open by Cade Klubnik. Clemson can be beat, but Clemson usually has those five-star athletes that usually go to Alabama or LSU, Texas, whatever SEC big, you know, blue blood program, if even there is such thing as the blue bloods in college football. Those guys usually ended up at Clemson. This team, there's none of those guys on this team this year, in my opinion. There was another stat I saw on Joe Giglio's Twitter page that had a list of transfers from or starters, game one starters 
that were transfers starting from last year. Florida State pretty much had like 12 people on the list on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Clemson has zero transfers that are starters this year. And that's coming from last year. So Dabo's kind of set in his ways. He's going to call the same kind of game plan for every game. He doesn't like the transfer portal. Uh, you know, his NIL is God's NIL or whatever that quote is. So Dabo's going to be just very gung-ho about his football and set in his ways. And I think, you know, it's going to be a downswing this year for Clemson. I, 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 so get rid of your stock in Clemson. It's not, it, it, just get rid of it. Don't, don't invest any more time in Clemson. You know, you hate to say it after week one because anything can happen. But I, I, I just think that this is, this, is, this is a Clemson team that could go like eight and four, and, and they'll all think the sky is falling. But I think a lot of teams in the ACC will take an eight and four season. But, but it'll be unheard of for Clemson football. They, Trevor Lawrence isn't walking through that door. Travis Etienne's not walking through that door. Yeehaw. It's Cade Klubnick and Will Shipley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the next team, Louisville. Louisville, I, Louisville had that one quarter against Georgia Tech, the second quarter, where Georgia Tech scored 28 points. And I thought that that was going to be the end for Louisville. I said, well, you know, they gave up 28 against Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech, well, they probably should have gotten a little more stock rising, but I'm not really buying a whole lot into Georgia Tech yet. Um, I need to see a little bit more out of Hayes King. Um, their running game was was pretty good as well. So I, I just want to see one or two more games at Georgia Tech before I say that they're going to be getting close to bowl eligibility. Um, but Louisville, that that one quarter is the reason why I have their stock falling just a little bit because a team that's better than Georgia Tech, if they score 28 points in the second quarter, they're scoring 28 points in the third quarter and then 14 points in the fourth quarter. They're going to pile it on against Louisville, in my opinion. They're going to beat them while they're down. They're not going to let Louisville come back in the second half like Louisville did against Georgia Tech this past Friday. So I got them just stock falling just a little bit. And then I hate to do it to my boys, but Boston College, oh, I hate to see them lose to Northern Illinois the first weekend. Uh, of the season oh man you, you hate for the boy Halfley's troops I, I'm sure he uh he, he partaked in a lot of alcohol on Saturday especially watching that game um I didn't get to watch a lot of it but the little bit that I did see Boston College is hard um I think they're I think they're the worst team in the ACC right now um I think Virginia would, is better than them at the moment I mean Virginia at least went on the road it looks somewhat good. Like it might be a little bit that Tennessee still kind of working out with Joe Milton and their defense is just replacing, you know, a few key pieces. But Virginia looks a lot better than Boston College does. Boston College is a mess on offense. They're a mess on defense. They're just a mess in general. I wouldn't be surprised if uh if Halfley's is 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 fired, you know, maybe around the week six, week seven, especially if this thing goes way, way south. And uh Boston College just clean slate and, and does something different next season. Yeah, similar to you guys, Louisville's stock went down with me. Um, I, I'm not ready to to sell it altogether, but it did go down just because, you know, they 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 didn't play three good quarters of football. They had one good quarter, like Ketchin said, 
Um, but it was enough to beat Georgia Tech, who played a lot better than I expected. Um, but new coach, a lot of new transfers. We'll see how they get as the season progresses. Uh, number two, definitely Boston College. Losing Northern Illinois from the MAC. I mean, it, there's no excuse for that, especially considering that I had Boston College, you know, flirting with potentially getting the six wins in the preview. Um, if it's anything like week one, not going to happen. Boston College right now looks like the worst team in the ACC. And then number three is Clemson. Um, Clemson did not look good because they had a lot of mistakes. Their offense wasn't as bad as it appears. If you actually go back and watch the game and you look at the yardage they racked up, the offense was moving the ball. The problem was they made a lot of mistakes at really bad times. Duke's defense played well in the fourth quarter. Um, Clemson fumbled twice on the goal line, like two different times. That's not a normal thing for a Clemson team of what we've gotten used to for the last decade. So, so I'm not ready to sell Clemson yet either. Cause I, I do think that they, but I do not think this is going to be a 10 to tw- uh, 11 win team this year. I think they have a couple more losses uh, at least uh, depending on how, how they get, you know, if they can get their, their act together. But to Kenton's point, they don't have the, the talent the level that they've had in past years. These guys like Duke at times looked faster than Clemson. I can't remember the last time I could say that while watching a game. Uh, Clemson has not done well as well at recruiting as they did during the Trevor Lawrence years. And on top of that, Dabo Sweeney is anti-transfer portal. That's not a winning strategy in modern football with the new uh, landscape. He is going to keep falling further and further behind and his self-righteous bullshit is just not going to fly with the Clemson fans who had gotten a taste of being at the top of the mountaintop, they're not going to be uh, wanting to go back to seven to nine win seasons like they did under Tommy Bowden. So Clemson's stock probably dropped the second hardest <laughs> uh, besides Boston College. But, yeah, those are my three. I was – I would, you know, just – it was it was amazing to me to see. And the reason I had it is because of the drops – Maybe the receivers. I don't think I, – I know Clubnick didn't look great, but I was just in shock at how many drop passes they had, like from the receivers. I mean, there were several plays that Clubnick put it where he needed to, and they just flat out dropped it. And, you know, that's the thing. I'm with you on the the um, fumble stuff because the <laughs> why, why are we getting stupid with this? Just hand the ball to Shipley at the five, and let's go three times. And it's it's like the Seattle versus the Patriots. Let's just hand the ball to Marshawn and just get it over with in the Super Bowl. It's like with any time inside the five, hand it to Will Shipley, let him go score you the touchdown, and that needs to be the end of it. I mean, yeah, seventeen carries for one hundred and fourteen yards. He should touch the ball thirty times a game. Thirty times a game. No, no rushing. No rushing touchdowns, um, but he did have a receiving touchdown. Actually, it was his first receiving touchdown since he's been at Clemson. So they worked him a little bit into the receiving game. He had six catches for 29 yards, including that one touchdown. So, so I mean, the, the fumble wasn't I, I guess Chipley. Phil, it, was it no. Phil Moffa? Yeah, was it was, yeah, it was Moffa. Phil Moffa. He had a good day. It, but he fumbled. So I guess he's your, he, he's your third down back. That yeah. might be why they put him right there yeah. at the goal line instead of Shipley. Well, no, still, he fumbled one twice. Of, one of, yeah, but one, Clemson had three fumbles, I believe. 
and one of their fumbles was it, it may have been two and one of them, it may have been my fault, but either way, one of them wasn't the running back's fault. One of them was uh, it was on the uh, the the read option uh, yeah, near the goal yeah, line. Yeah. Kate Klubnick decided to pull it late, and then he yep. fumbled the ball. Actually, yep. one of them wasn't on Mafa. Now I was going to say you know, to Shipley, all around good game except for one bad mistake. When they were needing to get down, they really in crunch time needed to uh, to get the ball downfield and score. He tipped the ball up in the air on a catchable ball, and Duke intercepted it off the tips. And as we always, you know, have said on here, interceptions off the tip typically isn't on the quarterback. Uh, so Shipley did cost him there, but overall, you can't complain about what Will Shipley did in that game, as because like Kenny said, it's a hell of a stat line. He was about the only thing yeah. in the first half that was working on offense for him. Yeah, I mean they're they're gonna, like I said, they're gonna do the the Christian McCaffrey Carolina Panthers yeah. way. They're gonna they're gonna live and die by Will Tipley this year, and I have a feeling it's gonna end with an injury. I mean you, you can't yeah. just run. I mean, seventeen carries is not a lot, but still, that was almost half the carries for the running backs slash quarterback that ran. But still, I mean that's that's a lot. That's a lot of workload on 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 a running back. You got to split it up every now and then. NC State does a pretty good job with a running back by committee, in my opinion. Um, One thing I noticed with NC State's running back room too, our best running back based on, but he had limited touches and he was involved in the uh, passing game too, was Michael Allen. He is deceptively fast. Michael Allen's not going to get as many touches as he probably needs because Michael Allen is struggling in pass blocking. So when he, you know, when he's in the game, it's typically not a situation where the runner back sit there, sit, sitting in the uh, backfield and for pass blocking situations. That is a is an issue if, uh, for a guy who wants to be a big time back. Um, he's got to work on that. But but in those running plays, man, he he averaged seven, I think seven point four yards a carry. So that's right. He uh, four carries for thirty yards. And then he actually had three catches for 27 yards. So he, he was pretty, he was a pretty, it, very small, but, but a, uh, a key piece you know, a little bit in the offense. I mean, it was longest run or longest receiving was 19 yards and his longest run was 18 yards. So he had some, some big plays uh, a little bit in the game. I was pretty impressed with the Armstrong's running. Overall. Yeah, I was too. I, 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 was I knew too. he could run a little bit. I knew he could run a little bit, but I didn't realize he could run that much. I mean, he almost yeah. had 100 yards rushing. Yeah, 96, something like that. Yeah. yeah, just on the outside. Two rushing touchdowns. Didn't throw for a touchdown, but he rushed for two touchdowns. So, you know, us talking about the Clemson and Duke thing, let's, let's go ahead and bring it into our takes on week one. Just overall general talk about week one. Um, with that being said, the – I mean, we talked about it a little bit in our chat. Did anybody understand that call? That was a dead. They called it a dead ball personal foul on uh, when he went in for targeting after the play. Because that was a gift to the blue Blue Devils. If that was technically by the letter of the rule, that needs to be changed because right. that that halted momentum for Clemson as they had just picked up close to a first down, and then there was the targeting call, whether or not you agree with it or not. It was, by the current definition, how they've been calling it targeting. Uh, But under what scenario is hitting a sliding quarterback considered a dead ball foul? Happens during the play. 
Yeah, you, you penalize them and then you give the ball to the team that just got called for targeting makes no sense. That was asinine. If that's the case, no. as a asshole uh, that I am, and a and a person that that is just you know sometimes can get dark with it. I'm telling my guys, if that happens again, you get a free shot at the quarterback. <laughs> let's go get it because honestly, what's gonna he's gonna get ejected, but. If he doesn't make that fourth down, what the hell does it matter? You know, I mean, because the targeting is to protect the player. Well, that player could get hurt. I mean, what's what's the thing on that? I, I, I agree. If that is the definition of what happens, um, and maybe that's something that hasn't ever came up before. I want to know if that's ever happened before, because that was crazy to me. Nothing that I can think of. The only thing that I thought was like, so say he was – going out of bounds yeah. and it was a late hit out of bounds. Like, is that a personal foul? Or Clemson gets the ball. Play? Like that's a, that's a dead ball foul. In my opinion, if that was the case, you know, Clemson would have got 15 yards and then still kept possession. So why didn't Clemson get to keep possession? On a there? I, I, I'm not going to understand the Cause especially when the, when the ref got over the mic and was explaining it to the, to the, um, to the, uh, uh the stadium and, and yeah, the fans, like, I was confused. I looked, we we were talking in the group chat. Yeah. We were like, "What the hell is this?" I was like, "He explained this horribly." Like, I don't even know if they if they knew what was going on. We need to get a rules expert on this podcast one day and just that get was, them to explain us that one because that, that was, was big, that, that was, was one of the biggest plays. That was one of the biggest plays of the game because honestly, you stop Clemson from scoring, going down there to score. And then you also give Duke the ball back at the what forty-five yard line. Uh, I mean, I know it's still yeah, on their side midfield. of the field, but you still get the ball back. Let's say midfield, just for uh, argument purposes, and you let them just. I mean, and then they go down there and score a touchdown. There's a fourteen possible, possibly fourteen point swing right then because of that shit. And you have a targeting call that you were trying to get rid of in the game of football. And just like, okay, on fourth down, it doesn't matter. Just a free-for-all. Fuck it. Go get it. You know, that that was nuts to me. However, I will say one little thing. Clubnet has to understand down distance, and you have to go jump forward instead of sliding because of where the slide happens. I understand that part, but that's just me being devil's advocate there. Have you guys yeah. noticed that a lot of guys aren't really diving for the distance? Nobody they're, dives they're, anymore. Yeah, I, 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 or at least trying to get the first down. It's a lot of people I've noticed uh, since week – well, really since week zero, there's been a lot of people that, like, get out of bounds, like, right before. And I'm like, you know where the line marker is. Like, like maybe not dive for it, but make at least an effort to get close to it so then it could be on the refs to, to determine where the ball is. Like, don't just go out of bounds at the two – when you need, you know, three yards, you know, just, just a little pet peeve I've noticed uh, for the few games I watched this weekend. Um, I mean, let's let's be honest. The talk of week one, I hate to be like everybody else in the public, but we all know who we're going to talk about here: the Colorado Buffaloes. Claiming my theme music. <laughs> do you believe now yeah that's kind of what i feel i mean <laughs> i i'm like smash mouth here i'm a believer you got me I, I, i'm in i'm all in for dion on this i was expecting it to cover the spread i was expecting mm-hmm. colorado to cover 
I expected that. I did not expect Colorado to um, <laughs> to win outright and, you know, just, just show out the way they did. The guy, what's the guy, the recruit that played both ways? That's unheard of. That oh is yeah, Travis Hunter. Yeah, Tra- Travis Hunter. He was a Florida. He was the number one recruit that committed to Florida State, flipped to Jackson State when Dion was there, and then followed him to Colorado. That is unheard of. Well, what about Shadur Shadur Sanders? Uh, yeah, five hundred yards. Five hundred yards. Yep. Five touchdowns. And and everybody was talking about it was just HBCU, and that's why this happened. No, this guy is a baller. <laughs> People also forget he was a four-star quarterback coming out of high school. It wasn't like he was some lowly-ranked kid. He chose to go to Jackson State because his dad was coaching there. Like right. he was a big time recruit that people knew had talent. Imagine living up that hype. Your dad's Deion Sanders. Yeah, really. That, that would be nuts. But for him to ball out, like you said, with that, I love the culture that they have there with the um, I thought it was really cool. I was like, what the hell is the L and the D on the jerseys? And you know, it's for leaders and dogs. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I was like, that's something unheard of. I, I was like, I was very impressed with that. I, I thought that was just totally great. And I will be watching it. Like Kenshin, me and you talked about a little bit before this podcast. Sign me up. If I have to pay for Colorado football game, I thoroughly enjoyed watching that football game. Like I could have had no money on the line and just loved watching it. Colorado footballs and Hawaii overs when it's a midnight You game. said money lines. Count it costs me money on that. So I don't believe you anymore. The, the uh, well, in reality, it's just Hawaii overs. The Hawaii money I don't line. That would change it. I, I was just playing it just because, you know, it's a when midnight you said the game. White, when you Hawaii. said the Hawaii money line, I was like, ugh. I was like, <laughs> the Hawaii overs thing, I'm a, I'm a believer. The Hawaii money line, I was like, I don't know what how many uh, Bud Lights has Kenny been drinking. Oh, well, easy. We don't drink Bud Lights on this podcast. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it. Nothing against, nothing wrong with it. Not anything wrong with it, but I'm not drinking it. I didn't drink <laughs> that, Travis I didn't drink that trash back I mean, when everybody else did. It's always been a shitty rice beer. With um, <laughs> with us, we we've uh, been hating. We've been hating on Bud Light before it was cool to hate on Bud Light. That's true. I just want to be on the record for that. Not me though. I did have Bud Lights. <laughs> I used to drink the first beer I ever got drunk off of. So yes, I was a Bud Light supporter. Not anymore. But when we, you know, the Hawaii thing, I was a little bit of a, you know, let's overthink this. I was like, first game back at in Hawaii. The Maui thing. I was like, they got to show out, right? Got to win the money line. No, I guess none of that matters in gambling. None of it, I guess, for whatever reason. No, because in in reality, where Hawaii University is, it's not in where the wildfires were. So, I mean, yeah, it's a bad situation, but it didn't really affect them. Um, But, but hey, they're 2-0 on overs this year, so keep that in mind uh, going the rest of the way. Well, on that note, let's jump into our our weekends we had. I'll start because I'm not as uh, I don't I don't throw money on as many games as you guys do. But I overall had a really good weekend on parlay play, which this episode is also sponsored by. Uh, if you'd like to get a hundred percent match up to one hundred dollars, and you know, join the fun on parlay play, use our code Cold Cans Pickem C O L D C A N S P I C K E M. There's no reason not to. I had a really good weekend this weekend. Um, uh, with with parlay play, I, I the first game I did, I'll get into. 
but I had 160 bucks cash over the weekend. The LSU FSU game was really good to me on passing yards overs and receiver set receptions. I uh, won one in the Duke Clemson game, but the one that I really just want to spend a, a minute of your time to talk about is the one that I lost. And it's not that I lost it. It's, it's how I lost it. So I bet on the what I thought was as close to a sure thing as it, as it comes, right? You're talking North Carolina versus South Carolina, Spencer Rattler versus Drake May. The passing yards over. Well, Spencer Rattler blows past his passing yards over, and I'm like, okay. Drake May is seven yards shy of hitting the over with nine minutes to go in the game. And what happens, none other than some NC State shit rearing its head during a Tar Heel Gamecock matchup. I believe Drake May attempted four more passes for the rest of the game. One was tipped, two were incomplete, and one was picked off. And I, I guess I learned a new term tonight. I think I mushed myself because I screenshotted it, sent it to a handful of my friends and says, seven more yards, and I got 75 bucks coming my way. Well, guess what? One of my most hated Tar Heel families in the history of Tar Heel sports, the May family, did nothing but fuck me. And for, for that reason, Drake May, what the fuck? I was so mad about that. So mad about that. Because seven yards shy. No, he's supposed to be the best quarterback in the ACC. Can't even hit his overall passing yards. I was with you on that, Logan. I tailed you on that on that overs as well. And I am just as upset. Um, but I've had uh, over rushing yards, Will Shipley, at 81 and a half. And over rushing yards on Riley Leonard, and his was like 30 and a half, 31 and a half, somewhere yeah. in that range. And uh, those treated me well last night. I mean, Will Shipley, we said earlier, had like over 100 yards rushing. Riley Leonard is a mobile quarterback. He averaged 50 yards rushing last year. Uh, he had what, I think about 80 or 90 this or this, this, this past game. Um, so, so that one cashed really good for me um, on parlay play. Shout out, uh, parlay play. Yeah, um, you guys got that one. I didn't do any parlay. I did like one, and they were terrible. And I should have followed you guys. So, if uh, anybody needs any help on those, please contact uh, Logan at Cold Can Sports, and Kenshin also has that too at Cold Can Sports Tailgate Season Podcast. Don't contact me right this second because I didn't do anything on that. Um, <laughs> however, you know we talk about. Betting me and Kenshin do a little bit more of that. If you guys are looking for a bookie um, or somebody that you need to do um, bets with, that's not FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever. Um, need you to go to Twitter it's at Smitty the Bookie. Um, he's a good friend of mine now. Um, we're actually sponsored by him with the Pickums. Uh, this guy's an overall great guy. I know he has over 800 clients that has um, that he pays out, looks after. The game lines are honestly better than FanDuel or DraftKings. Kind of weird. I don't know how it works, um, who he's a promoter for. But DM him on Twitter or DM me at Cold Cans Pick'em. If you DM him, say Cold Cans sent you. Um, you'll get a nice referral bonus for that. Um, Kenshin, I know 
me and you and the gambling thing. We see a lot on the Twitter with X now, but um, and how skeptical some of these guys can be that claim to be, you know, a an X or a Twitter bookie. We understand that, but this guy's not. I've seen it firsthand. I've logged into his stuff. Um, it, it's 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 legit. So I'm going on record saying it's legit. And if you guys need somebody, please DM me at Cold Cans Pick'em, and I'll give you the information. Or DM him at Smitty the Bookie, uh, and tell him Cold Cans sent you. But while we're talking about the Pick'ems, shall we go ahead and get into them, boys? I know Kenshin, you you're really hype about your record. Congratulations. Ah. Yes, another another great, great week. Uh, I'm not only the king of week zero, but I am now the king of week one. (laughs) I'm about sick of this shit already. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I went nine and two uh, week one or week zero, and I went uh, 14 and one this week. So 23 and three. So I'm sitting at the top of the mountain at the moment, boys. Yeah, so it could all come crumbling down this week. That's that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. It could all come crumbling down this week, and you guys overtake me. And at the end of the season, I'm in last place, and one of y'all is in first place. So you just never know. But I'm gonna gloat while I'm ahead. Twenty three and three, boys. Hey, shout out come to you for taking uh, taking Duke money line. He sent me the bet slip. He got it in. He bet it. That was impressive. Congratulations on that pick. We didn't have that. Good job, Kenny. Maybe it's not fake uh, Kenny season. That was, yeah, yeah. We are, we are. I, I'm not even going to say tail me because, like I said, week <laughs> two, I could completely fall off and be like 0 of 14. Because, you know, looking at our pickums, you know, before we release them, I got like 15 bets right now. This thing could easily go south very quick, you know, this week. So, so just kind of. Listen to me, but then do your own research and see if if you agree with what I say. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had Duke win outright. I had Duke plus thirteen. I had the under. So I I really think there's something to these primetime unders. Uh, State, you know, Carolina and South Carolina under hit Saturday night. Um, it didn't hit against Florida State, but it probably should have. Um, but I didn't play it, so I don't care that that didn't cash. But you know. Duke and Clemson went under, so I am going to keep an eye on these primetime Saturday night, you know, maybe Friday night. I haven't really tested Friday night. I had the over in Georgia Tech Louisville, so that cashed for me. So just something to keep an eye on for these uh, these primetime Saturday night games on ABC uh, to, to play the unders. I, um, um, I got you beat on – I got you on this too. NFL, me and my buddies, Chris Taylor, my brother that's been on here, um, we always do primetime unders NFL Sunday, Thursday, and Monday. Always Mm. we take the under. Been profitable every year on the unders. So it's not fun. Granted, it is not fun. I hate hate pulling unders. But, you know, something about those, if you find a betting trend that you like, you go with it. Kenton, if you want to go ahead and give us the records, I know where I'm at, but go ahead and give us the give us the pick 'em records and the spread records, all that combined. Go ahead and give it to us. Like I said, I am 23 and three, so I'm sitting at the top of the mountain currently. Uh, Logan is sitting at 11 and five. Uh, he had eight. He was eight and four this week, and then Jordan is in third place. Last uh, place, three out of three. Last place, he's 12 and seven. But just by 
you know, you know, losses only is the only reason why he's last. But he also went eight and four this past week. Um, and then our guest picker Spencer went seven and five, so he didn't have a good week. But you know, Bozo. hey, he's the only he's the only guest picker, so he's number one in the guest pickers right now. So, and uh, we don't have a guest picker this week. Uh, we will probably have some throughout the season. So, Spencer, your title will last for now, but who knows how long it'll last. So, enjoy enjoy the mountaintop while you can, too, my friend. With um, um with that being said, you know. I know we have our bet $20 gentlemen, but do we want to do whoever the best pick of the year? We give them a piece of, we'll do a piece of merchandise. I'll chip in either be a hat, t-shirt, whatever they want, which is for the best guest picker. Everybody okay with that? Yeah, yeah that's cool with me. Whoever yeah, wins that, yeah. whoever wins the total guest pick them. Now, if you get on there more than once, uh, we'll have to figure out some, some stuff with that. But, um, with that being said, Kitchen, yeah, Logan, y'all ready to move into our picks for this week? We got some good slates going on. We do got some good games. You gave us some good games this week. And, I, I, and overall, this week two, normally week two kind of drops off after week one, and it's usually a lot of meh kind of games. But this is a very good slate of games this weekend, in my opinion. Because week one is the greatest football week of the year. And you guys aren't going to agree with this, but the reason it is is because college football is on from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. It's about the only time of the year that I'm excited, besides the national championship game, to watch football on a Monday. Well, wow. That hurts. No Monday night guy, huh? Couldn't care less about the NFL. I'm all about college, baby. (laughs) <laughs> this uh so we have the the podcast picks here and we're going to start off we'll, we'll save our our fun picks our team's picks um for last but uh let's go ahead and jump into this with a a game that everybody has talked about the line has been crazy movement on this nebraska at colorado minus three the buffs so i'll start out with uh Kenshin. That these these are these lines are ESPN. This is not. I didn't go into DraftKings like we usually do. Usually our picks are uh, provided by DraftKings. But uh, what do you think, Kitchen? Colorado minus three at home versus Nebraska. Yeah, these lines are pretty close uh, all across the board from what I've seen. So um, yeah, minus three. Colorado looked really good on the road. At TCU, TCU is replacing a lot, but still, um, Colorado was a one ten or one win team last year, so they were they replaced a lot as well, and they looked the better team. Um, it did get down there to the wire, but they they clearly covered that twenty and a half underdog easily. Um, so Nebraska, I just can't bet on. I just can't bet on Matt Rule. I. I I just can't do it. I mean, he's a horrible coach. Like he put the Panthers franchise three years behind now. Like he's he's not good. Nebraska. I mean, they had chances to win this game last weekend against Minnesota, and they didn't. And they covered their eight, but I just I don't see them covering three against Colorado. I think Colorado's offense is is a whole lot better than Nebraska's defense. So give me Colorado to win straight up and then give me the three 
And then I'm going to take the over at 59 and a half. Hmm. Yeah, well, Colorado did get a little torch on defense side, which is fine. No matter. <laughs> Teams with the most points going to win. Logan, what you got for this game? Prime time, baby. Colorado money line. Book it. Keep, keep they it sold easy. out the spring game. They sold out season tickets for the uh, for the Buffaloes games for the first time in 27 years. They won on the road. They won in an electric fashion. Expect that place to be rocking and and Dion to do it again. Colorado goes two and up. Matt Rule is going to be still dealing with the uh, leftovers from the Scott Frost era. Do uh, do you believe now? <laughs> my my answer is yes. I'm going Colorado money line. Obviously, Colorado minus three. Um. I think this team's got too many athletes. I'm just going to be straight up honest with it. And it's, it's a lot more athletes than a lot of teams have. It is wild to watch this team running, passing, catching. They just look like the real deal, I believe. Um, so I got Colorado minus three. All right. So we'll go with the no, next one. Go ahead. Real quick, real quick stat before you go into uh, Colorado or before you go to the next game. Colorado had four receivers over 100 yards catching, which wow. shows why he had 510 yards. But Travis Hunter had 11 catches for 119 yards. Jimmy Horn had 11 catches for 117 yards. And then very underrated, but what a hell of a stat line. Dylan Edwards had five catches for 135 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. Wow. If you're a fantasy guy, I think I would play Dylan Edwards some sort of uh, over catching yards on or over receiving yards on Parlay Plus. That that's one I'm going to keep an eye on for this Saturday. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? You know, the Travis Hunter guy. You could have him deflections and receptions, and the other. I mean, you could have him both if you wanted to with Parlay Play. Um, but let's move on to the next one. This was not so flashy. This is a team that stock has fell through the floor, um, but we didn't talk about it because it's it's not the ACC. Um, Utah at Baylor. Utah's Utah is a seven and a half point favorite. What do you guys think? Start with you, Kitchen. What do you got on this game? Uh you guys kind of dog Utah because Cam Rising wasn't playing. I did not last week. I bet that I had it. I bet it. It didn't matter. I bet it. You, uh, it was a lot of rumblings that, that Utah wasn't going to cover that spread. I picked them to win, and, uh, but I cast them doubt. I admit. You cast doubt. I, I didn't have that one right way. like I did the Colorado versus TCU and the Duke versus Clemson games. But <laughs> <laughs> but either way, there was doubt that was spread around that was a little questionable. It made me almost question myself. But I was like, you know what? I think Utah's got a good enough team. It doesn't matter who they have at quarterback. And their backup did pretty well. So I think Utah wins this game. Baylor's quarterback is out for, I think, the next two to three weeks. Yeah. They have a backup coming in. Um, I, I, just, I just think Utah's the better team. Um, so I got Utah on the road winning and covering that seven and a half. Logan, what say you? Well, every other year, Baylor is either pushing for a New Year's Six Bowl or they absolutely suck. And it looks like where's the pendulum has swung back to they absolutely suck. So Utah, money line, Utah covers. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a doubt here. You know, you got Cam Ryden could be back, even if he's not. Don't think it matters. I saw enough. I know Florida's not exactly one of the top SEC teams, but I mean, <laughs> a Baylor team that just lost to who? I mean, I don't know. I don't even know the team they lost to, but it was <laughs> it was abysmal. And now you have the quarterback, uh, you know, out with the ACL or MCL, whatever he's got with his knee. And it's not a tear, but it's, you know, two or three weeks is something with that. Yeah, give me the Utes to win, cover, doesn't matter. Hear me out. Florida head coach, Mike Elka. Mm. Maybe. If that's a hot take, I, I, we'll go back to this recording. Uh, <laughs> you think they take him away from Duke? If you have a success think, in a team, I think that an know. SEC team has the money. Not every SEC team, but most SEC teams Florida have the money to, to pay. The, Florida definitely does to pay the buyout, even with the extension. And if Mike Elko continues doing what he's doing, he won't be in Durham for long. That's that's, that's money talks, I guess. Um, now this is a prime time game. We're saving the ACC for last, and. Uh, an honorable mention that I haven't even told the guys yet. So we'll get their opinion on this also. Um, but so we got Texas, I mean, uh, Texas versus Bama. This is at Bama, correct? And yes. it's minus seven as of today. Um, now, granted, the, the lines could move up and down, make sure everybody takes that into account. But as of today, minus seven for Bama. Um, Kenton, what you got there? The uh, Bama got a little banged up as well. Um, but the good thing about Bama is if, say, your first string corner gets, you know, a, a sprained ankle, you have another five star in waiting in second string. That's probably just as good as he is. So it's really not that bad to to lose a guy. Um, I think they put up pretty good numbers. Uh, granted, it was Middle Tennessee State, so it's really not that impressive. Um, but Texas, they kind of struggled against Rice for a little bit. Um, I think it was a little bit has to do with this is Quinn Ewer's first game back since injury last year. Um, so he was kind of knocking off the cobwebs. So I'm going to say, give me Bama to win, but give me Texas to cover that seven. Um, I think it's going to be a very good close game. Um, granted it's at Alabama and it's a very hard place to cover. I still think Texas does it. I think it comes down to the last second field goal. This was a really close game last year in Austin. Uh, closer than I thought it was going to be. But this year, it's it's in Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban doesn't lose a lot at home. However, hook them. Horns up. Texas gets Ooh. the uh, pulls off the upset. Quinn Ewers re- returns to top tier form this weekend. Mark it down. Texas Longhorns over Alabama. I'm shocked. As a man who is like you know president of the team Horns Down, I figured you'd be all about Bama this week, Logan. But you might be just trying to you know get a shot back at the title here. You know, get back in contention. With this pick. And, and guess what? If they win, next week when we record, I'll wear my UT shirt I bought when I was down at UT Austin. 
That's uh, I'll be wearing burnt orange, baby. I'm kind of amazed at that because at no point in any of your talking that I think that Logan was going to go Texas. Um, with that being said, I'm not either. I'm not going Texas. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the Texas guy if we have to pick one on this podcast. And that ain't it. With the struggles against Rice at home, Quinn Ewers, I get it, is a very good quarterback. Um, he, he struggled a little bit. Might have been week one. That might have been an issue with that. I understand what happens week one, a little rusty. But you're going to give me seven with a chance to push against a Alabama with Nick Saban? No, it's not. We say this every year. They're replacing a quarterback. Well, there's, there's a reason. They always go pro. Um, so I'm going Bama to win, Bama to cover um, on my pick this week. Now we'll get into everybody's favorite game. Just kidding. Texas A&M at Miami. All right. Texas A&M is a four and a half point uh, favorite at Miami. I think three points here makes the difference with the spread. That's probably why it's down a little lower. Um, Kenshin, what you got? Miami won this game last year at Texas A&M. Um, I think Texas A&M returns the favor and wins at Miami. Um, it took a little bit of time for Miami to get it going against Miami uh, this past weekend, but they ended up easily covering that 16. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm just not sold on Tyler Van Dyke yet. Um, it's just I'm not really sold on that defense either. I think Texas A&M is going to be slightly better in this game. Um, so give me Texas A&M to win. And sure, I'll go. I'll go that four and a half. Logan, what you got? I know it's coming. That's my pick. <laughs> hey, I will say though, you know, with this, hopefully that, hopefully that does happen, because the SEC went zero and two against the ACC. I'm just saying, maybe it doesn't mean more. It just <laughs> might not. <laughs> and so it it is it is great to see that because just I mean <laughs> the. I, what would the pride of the SEC would be, you know, Alabama, LSU, I would say would be up there usually. Um, I'm not going to say South Carolina is, but no, just Georgia. to have, <laughs> yeah, jo- definitely Georgia. Georgia, but Florida, to, Tennessee. But to have um, <laughs> them lose 0-2 to the ACC, possibly going 0-3 against the ACC, that would be great. Would it not for us as the ACC podcast? But, well, they would – they went one and two against the, you. Forget Tennessee UVA. Nah, nah, that's not even count. We don't count. But um, we're no, we're you're ignoring right. that. <laughs> Let us have our moment, damn it. <laughs> um, with that being said, I would Logan Miami money line, which means they cover. I I I can't do the whole Colt thing. Texas A&M's got. I think Texas A&M is overrated. <laughs> I think Van Dyke 
And they, I did not expect them to cover that as easily as they did, if cover at all, against Miami of Ohio. I know it's a Mac school. <laughs> I'll throw it up with you. I got I got to you with you. I'm not dropping it this week. Um, <laughs> I didn't but, drop the horns. I'm not dropping the you. <laughs> <laughs> but I I definitely think that uh oh, Kenton dropped the you. But I am just I, I was a little impressed with Miami's thing. I didn't think Van Dyke was gonna play. Glad he did. Um and so with that being said, I'm taking Miami to win. Obviously means they cover the spread. Um next we'll move on to some other picks. And I'll I'll leave you guys to I'll leave you guys to last because it's a better game. App State versus Carolina at Carolina. Um first home opener at Keenan this year. I won't be there. Keep that in mind, folks. <laughs> um Logan, I know you mentioned earlier in the podcast a week ago that you wish this game was at 12 and not the state game because maybe it affect my um my whole mindset <laughs> my whole mindset on the ceremony of Carolina was to lose this game. Um but my, my fiance <laughs> I think that I think that would be hilarious. Jordan's like simultaneously happy but also in the back of his mind, he's like, it's fucking Tar Heels. <laughs> Maybe I would have like ad-libbed that into the vows. But like, yeah. if it wasn't for Carolina, this would be the best day ever. But uh, <laughs> uh, um, with that being said, Carolina's an 18-point favorite. Um, what do you think, Kenshin? It's going up. The line's going up. It started at 17, 17 and a half today. I looked again, it's 18. What do you think, Kenshin? Yeah, I would be surprised that this uh, is probably going to be close to about the 20 area. It'd be like just a hair under 20 or three touchdown favorite when uh, it comes to kickoff on Saturday. Um, I didn't realize that uh, Carolina held South Carolina to negative two yards rushing um, on Saturday. I just looked at that just then. So a lot of that's because that of the sacks. Kinda, they sacked him. Nine well, times. Yeah, I mean, he had, but still, I mean, they, they kind of stopped the rushing game. Um, All right, Tar give Hill, me that. Kitchen Taylor. Give me that. Yeah. Doesn't quite that Carolina. Uh, ring as Tar, well as we'll Tar Hill Hill Taylor. There we go. And the, <laughs> you, you, already, you already gave a nickname. It didn't stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, that is definitely not going to stick. Um, I, I think I'm going to give Carolina that 18. Um, obviously they're going to win, uh, give me the over as well. Um, I think they got a pretty decent quarterback in this Joey Aguilar kid. He's a, he's a, a Juco transfer. He put up some pretty good numbers in their, uh, week one win. Um, so, and it was a fairly close game last year. Um, granted it was in Boone. So, you know, gets them up a little bit more being that Carolina's on the road, but being that Carolina's at home. Um, things can change a little bit, so I I think it. I, I'm going to go Carolina to win, Carolina to cover 18, and then the over at 58 and a half. So, all right, Logan, let's hear it. Go the only reason we're even day. picking this game is because of you're me. a Carolina fan, and, and I have we're, and, we're, and you're you're a host on this show. This game is going to be a utter skull dragging. Uh, like Carolina is gonna, Carolina is gonna win, and not only are they gonna win, they're gonna by win between twenty four and twenty eight points. <laughs> nice mush. 
as the kids say now. <laughs> as the kids say. That's not a mush. It only mushes when you're during the game, when it's going to happen. The mush you. Before the game, that is, that is not a mush. What the mush? <laughs> um, so I'm going to take a little combination of both of you guys here. And I'm going, line's going to go up. Doesn't matter if the line stays here now. I'm going with Carolina to win, not to cover. App State to cover. Um, I know that you know CJ in the CJ Bryce that was their quarterback. He's gone. Chase, they're Bryce, running yeah. back. Close enough. They uh, <laughs> the the CJ uh, Bryce is former UNCW slash NC State basketball player. So you were just a little bit off. Just tap. of course, that's what he would default to. Wolfpack Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the running back for App State that they had last year is gone. Kenshin, I like the he's not cup that you're drinking out of too. I fe- yeah. tell you, Tar Heel Taylor, I like it. Um, <laughs> we already have a Tar Heel Taylor, and he graduated from ECU, like a lot of your fan base. Hey, he said he left us a voicemail. Have you got that yet? Did he? I'll have to check. Uh, please, God, if you do play this, because he was like, I need you to play that on the pod. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think that's too many points. I think Carolina at home, if I was there, then, you know, then it really, that might take App State money line. But um, I, I just think it's too many points. So that's why I got Carolina winning, App State covering. And now we'll go to the whatever you want to call it game. Um, it's a noon kickoff uh, tailgate tour. Isn't somebody going to be there, Kenshin? Somebody is going to be there for the tailgate tour. Uh, this is the unofficial first stop of the tailgate tour, only because Jordan's getting married Saturday, and <laughs> I, I uh, decided to go to the Notre Dame game instead of going to Jordan's wedding. So I'll sit, my, my gift will be in the mail, Jordan. Uh, being right. back in yeah. yeah, and yeah. Uh, so. only because this is my last week, I can say this: I will not be in attendance because someone decided to get married that day. Hey, so <laughs> while we're talking about that, you'll enjoy this. Carson in our fantasy uh, team, uh, Logan. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but he changed his name to Football Over Weddings, and I thought <laughs> yeah. that was hilarious. That made oh, yeah. me laugh. <laughs> um, but. Uh, Notre Dame goes to state. Notre Dame's a seven and a half point favorite. So, Kitchen, if you could have my pick, I'm not going to say it till it's my turn. Uh, hit, then that'll be great. That'll be a good wedding present. I ain't worried about anything else. Um, there you go, Kitchen. What you got? Yeah, this is going to be a fun game. Um, I'm looking forward to booing Sam Bartman. Uh, <laughs> he's played against basically two high school defenses. And he's going to come to Raleigh and face an actual D1 defense this weekend. Um, I do think it's going to be a little bit closer than people expect. Um, I believe Logan said that we are, or NC State is three and one all time against Notre Dame with the one loss coming in 2017 on the road at, at uh, Notre Dame. And uh, I just, I, unless a hurricane comes between now and then, which, you know, don't hope for uh, rain on on a wedding day by any means, Jordan. But it would be nice if it rained out there. But we don't have Brian Kelly as the, the head coach, so he can't blame the center for hiking the ball during a hurricane. Um, but I do think Notre Dame squeaks this one out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Sam Hartman is going to 
I, I think he's going to be he, – he's played against State a lot in his time at Wake Forest. I wouldn't say he knows how to beat State, but he's done it before. He didn't do it last year, but I think he's going to do it this year as a one last fuck you to NC State and one last fuck you to me. And uh, But I got State covering seven. So give me Notre Dame, NC State plus seven, and then to be determined on the over-under. Um, it's 51 and a half, I believe. So it's going up just a tad, but I think it's going to eventually come back down. I think NC State unders is going to be a move this year um, just because their offense is going to score points and then they're going to stop scoring because that's Dave Dorn's uh, mantra. doesn't matter who's the offensive coordinator. And then their defense is not going to give up 70-yard rushing touchdowns by white kids. Um, so give me uh, – to be determined on what I decide to do, but I'm leaning towards the under here. But Notre Dame to win, NC State to cover for sure for the podcast purposes. Uh, Kitchen, what was our bet that we had? Sam Hartman had to throw what? Um, oh yeah, oh I forgot about that. All right, so what are we going to do? Because right, I, I listened back to the tape and I said 400 yards. So he's got to have over 400 yards, but does he have to win? Or just throw over 400 yards? I think it was just throw. I, I, I thought it was 300, but... No, I'll give you, 400. I, I haven't listened back to the tape, so probably... I'll give you 400 if you give me three touchdowns. Not 404 touchdowns. Give me 300. Yeah. I mean, 403 touchdowns. I'll take that. And a win. Could we do, could we do three and a half touchdowns? No. 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 Can't get a half a touchdown. But the half. Just said in Vegas. Well, if, you want to go, to... if you want to go 304 touchdowns, I'll take that. No, nah, because I think he's going to get 300, though. Okay, so you're going. So if you give me 400 and three touchdowns, I'll take it, unless you want to go 304 touchdowns. No, let's do 400 and then three touchdowns. So if he gets. And a win. What, and a win. Okay. So if he gets all of that, what is the punishment? You have to come on here. Say you're wrong and say so. Sam Hartman is not a system QB. He has and to wear a not, T-shirt. I don't. It uh, uh, says I love Sam Fartman. <laughs> no, there's no, but and no more Sam Fartman. Okay, no more Sam Fartman. I would rather uh, say or wearing the shirt is more demoralizing than me coming on this podcast and and saying Sam Hartman. Oh, no, it's on the internet. I, I take back. It, 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 that's true, but but if I wear that shirt a lot, or because I have to wear it, yeah, because we I'd could probably get a shirt public. done for about twelve to thirteen bucks, and it just says "I heart Sam Hartman," and I think yeah. that that would be more demoralizing for Kenny Stats. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's the more demoralizing one. Uh, I'm fine with, and that. I have to wear it. I'd have to wear it in public. And he has to, to put it on game. his Instagram or his uh, Instagram or Snapchat story, one of the two. Uh, I'll do Instagram. I'll do Instagram. Okay. Probably don't have that many followers. <laughs> <laughs> we can put it on the uh, the the Colt yeah. fans Instagram. Oh, too. there we go. Yeah, there we, we go. can we can do that dual sh- or the, the two whatever they call it the dual dual post or whatever. I don't know what the proper term is, but uh. Yeah, we, we'll we'll put it up there. That that'll be good. So okay, so so four hundred yards. Let me document this. Four hundred yards, three, three touchdowns, and then 
Notre Dame win outright. So if one of those doesn't cash, then I don't have to wear this fucking shirt. That's right. Okay, I can live with this. And then uh, actually, you know what we should do? Every non Carter Finley or Keenan Stadium we go to, he has to wear it to the tailgate, not the game, but the tailgate. So no Instagram, no nothing, just wear it to the tailgate. Yeah. Okay. So so the state Duke game, I have to wear that shirt to the state Duke game. Yes. Oh man, you have to wear it to oh, the state man. Duke game. Oh man. <laughs> Virginia Tech State. I have to wear, have that, to wear shirt that shirt to Virginia Tech. <laughs> okay, yeah, that is a little bit more demoralizing because that has nothing to do with the game at all. <laughs> all right. Oh man, I am totally going to regret this. So yeah, let's do it. Let's do all it. right, I'm a team player. I'm a team you, player. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> all right, Logan, what you got on this game? So as uh. Sam Hartman's biggest fan, Kenny Stats, just said State is three and one all time against Notre Dame. And in the last four matchups where State is playing a ranked team and they are the underdog at home, State is four and zero against the spread and three and one straight up. However, but. it ain't gonna it ain't gonna be this weekend. Take Notre Dame money line. Notre Dame covers the spread with ease, and NC State will be demoralized, and Kenton will be too, wearing his "I love Sam Hartman" shirt. It's gonna be the Fighting Irish by a million. Mm. So you're going to say they're covered too? Yes. All right. Well, Logan. That's my confidence level coming into this game. Logan, I don't know how to share my uh, computer sound, but here we go. All right. So I'm technology terrible, and I'll try to play the note. (laughs) Technology terrible. Technology (laughs) terrible. I I tried to uh, play the Notre Dame fight song and didn't get through. But I'm going with Notre Dame to win this game and cover. Um, I just, like I said, just wasn't impressed. I think that Sam Hartman has, he's had State's number before. And I know the Notre Dame, the Notre Dame and State record that y'all mentioned, but I just feel like Sam Hartman comes in there and with that running game and with him as quarterback and the defense of Notre Dame, I think that they cover. So I'm going Notre Dame to uh, cover obviously means they win. Keep in mind that all the like the quote unquote betting stats don't point to Notre Dame covering because like I said, state against ranked opponents the last four times that were their underdogs. Three and oh, three and one straight up, four and zero oh against the spread. And Sam Hartman is zero oh and two in his last two trips to Carter Finley Stadium. I uh, I understand that. Still doesn't matter yeah. to me. Look, I'm I'm with you. I agree. I just wanted to make sure you you were fully aware of what you were signing up for before. Because I'm with you. I think or it's Irish by a million. A teaser. <laughs> um, no. So I have, if if you'll allow it, Logan, I have two. Honorable mentions, just want to get your opinions on two games. Um, So this one, my wedding's in Winterville, um, close to Greenville's ECU's first home game. It's Marshall at ECU. Uh, Marshall was a three-point favorite, four o'clock kickoff. Um, So, Kenshin, I want your pick on this and your spread um, against the spread pick. So what you got on this? 
Yeah, hold on. I'm pulling up the spread while we talk. Um, it's three. You it's three. It in front of you. Yeah, it's three. three. Marshall, Are you serious? Marshall's three point favorite. Yes, sir. What? All right. So I will say that ECU, granted the circumstances were changed a little bit for Michigan because I feel like if Arbaugh was the coach, um, ECU probably would have lost the game by a lot more than they right. did. Um, so, but Mason Garcia didn't look terrible. Um, the Flynn kid, honestly, in my opinion, he ran the offense a little bit better than Garcia did. Um, I don't know if his stats showed. I'm pulling up the stats now. Uh, yeah, not not really. Uh, Garcia was 11 to 18 for 80 yards, and Alex Flynn was six of 11 for 52 yards. But uh, it doesn't have QBR on this. Either way, um, Mason Garcia will probably still be the starter just because he has a rushing ability. Um, yeah, three three at home, being a three dog at home. And just because you're an alumni too, I'm going to go with ECU plus three ECU money line. And then maybe the over. Maybe. I haven't seen what it is, but maybe the over. All right, Logan, what you got? I've been to three games at, at Dowdy Ficklin. Honestly, hey, you were about to say not it. Impressed. You were about to say it. Not impressed. It, for, they, it probably was really cool back in like the mid 2000s. When we were uh, in college, yeah, it was great. Well, I don't even know about them, but it's like maybe 2013, right? During when Lincoln Riley was still on the sidelines, but been there three times and just not impressed. Um, I'm going with Marshall. Ouch. Marshall money line, baby. Uh, uh, <laughs> now, ECU did not score a touchdown against Michigan. Different breed than Marshall, however. Um, I'm going with ECU to cover the spread and money line win out. I think ECU wins this game. Um, I have them getting to, you know, bowl eligibility, six, seven wins is their ceiling. Uh, and so with that, I have to go with this to, for them to do this. I had them losing to Michigan. I didn't have them covering. Uh, that was one of my lessons. I'm glad nobody had to teach me a lesson against, unlike the Clemson game where I got taught a very big lesson. Um, but I, I think that ECU wins this game, being a home game. So um, I got them to cover the spread and win. All right, so I got one more. This one is not – I haven't done any research on this. I know most of you most of you guys probably haven't either. Um, but Ole Miss at Tulane. I just like it. It's a ranked matchup. Number 20, Ole Miss versus Tulane, number 24. Um, Ole Miss is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Tulane. I think that's an interesting spread. I want to get your opinion on this. I'm big on Tulane, and maybe it's because of what they did last year. Um, they won me a lot of money, so I'm a little biased on that. Um, but, Kenshin, what you got with this one? Tulane is that's that's at their stadium too, an yep. SEC school traveling to them. That's yep. uh, that's pretty strong. SEC but before school. I get, yeah, that's true. But before I get too depth into the Ole Miss and Tulane, I looked up just then. Marshall played U Albany last weekend. At one point in the game, U Albany was winning seventeen to seven against Marshall. Marshall ended up winning twenty one to seventeen. Um, so. 
Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That, that solidified Mark or ECU plus three and ECU money line for me. Um, but yeah, uh, Ole Miss. Who did they play last week? Who did I Ole Miss? Oh, they played Mercer. Oh yeah, yeah. They played Mercer and won seventy three to seven. So that <laughs> wasn't. Uh, yeah, that's not a true true test for them. Uh, Tulane played. I feel like they they kind of struggled in their game. I feel like. I'm not 100% sure. I'm talking while I'm looking at the stats here. But being that it's a home game and it's an SEC opponent, they're going to be riled up for it. I think Ole Miss ends up winning, but I think I'll go Tulane to cover that four. I mean, I'll cover that seven. Give me the over as well. All right, Logan, what you got? I don't really know enough to make an informed decision, so I'm going to pick based on this. Mac Brown wants to the two lanes of screw him. <laughs> Give me Ole Miss in the lane train. I like the theory. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't watch either one of those games. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, with that being said, I'm going to have to go with Kenshin on this. I'm going uh, Ole Miss to win. And if it stays at seven and a half and doesn't drop that seven, give me that extra hook. Give me Tulane plus seven and a half um, at home. For some reason, that's got to happen. You know, we talk about week one had all, had it all. The biggest upset, I think, was Clemson. I mean, uh, Duke beating Clemson, wouldn't you guys agree? What nothing yeah. else really cra- Nothing else really crazy. So maybe Tulane's got a shot. I don't see it, but I, I would love to see a crazy upset. You know what's going to happen at some point? Um, but I still think Ole Miss has enough to win this game, but not to cover the sprint. That's fair. All right, well, that's week one pick them. Let us know what your thoughts. Let us know who you think is uh, going to win, or if you're listening to this after the games are played, let us know <laughs> what we got wrong and, and your thoughts on it, because there's a link in the description of this podcast that says uh, click here to leave us a voicemail. Love to hear from you. Uh, give us five stars, great review, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and be able to smash the subscribe button on your way out. For this episode of Tailgate Season, I am Logan sitting here with Jordan and Kenny Stats. See you next time.